Man, so glad that you're here. Glad you're carving out some time to gather together around God's word. Uh, listen to me. I don't know if I have the authority to, to do what I'm about to do. I don't know if God's given me this authority. I don't, I don't know that. So I, I want to say that up front. Um, but nevertheless, I'm going to step out in faith as if I do. Are you with me? If you come to church on a day like today, you're getting four extra jewels in your crown. All right? Four extra jewels in your crown, and, uh, and there you go. Um, now also, just to let you know how the story goes, uh, you're going to lay that crown at the feet of Jesus anyways. But you come to church on a day like today when it's 20 degrees, here's what I know about you. You love Jesus. Or you're real jacked up. One of the, one of the two. Hey, and I'll take both of them. Do you see what I'm saying? We're, we're good. You're in good company. And I just want to say this, on a day like today, um, week in and week out, everything that you see sort of happening here and how we're able to transform um, Edison High School into a place for us to gather and worship, uh, it doesn't happen um, without hands and hearts and, and people that are here sort of giving to themselves. And listen to me, that happens every Sunday. But there are some Sundays where, where that blows me away. And so this morning when we're going in the teens, when you, when you were sleeping and they were waking up and moving some things around, can we just put our hands together for the way in which they, we just appreciate them. Come on. So listen, if you'd like for people to clap for you from time to time, we want to let you know there's always a space uh, on our team uh, to head us, uh, help us load in, load out. Uh, also want to just, man, uh, shout out to uh, Pastor Deshaun. Uh, he told me this morning, I, lo I love this. Uh, I love Pastor Deshaun. He's my, he's my friend. He's my friend. And he comes up to me and he says, hey. He said, if there's ever a day I was going to quit, today was the day. He said, today was the day. Went to, went to pick up the truck this morning. It was covered in snow. The lock to, uh, to, to get the hitch kind of locked was frozen over. And then he was out, and I'm just going to tell on him, he was out there as a full-grown adult with not proper footwear. And so I'm just going to say that. There's some things Jays are meant for, and there are some things that they're not. That was the latter, but I'm uh, grateful for him, grateful for, for our whole team today, getting us, getting us loaded in. You guys ready for God's word? Come on, come with me to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, I felt like we had such a good time there last week. I uh, wanted to, uh, to come back there and give you, give you another dose. I'm going to go Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. We're going to pick up at verse 12. I know we read this verse last week, but this is going to help us sort of get, get into the flow. If you're ready, say okay. If you're ready, say uh-huh. Uh, Y'all fell off on that one. I thought we were going to get stronger. And that, that failed. That failed miserably. Uh, I love you and so does the Lord. Verse 12. And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and, uh, flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. And now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. 
And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave to them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there were wells of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with them, or they quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water's ours. And so he called the name of the well Isaac, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and the Philistines quarreled over that also, and so he called it Sitna, and he moved from there, and he dug another well, and when they did not quarrel over it, so he called it Reboeth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. Verse 24, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, fear not. For I am with you, and I will bless you, and I will multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there, and he called upon the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Church, would you bow your heads and your hearts for prayer? Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is true. Your word is timeless. Your word has a way of cutting past our doubts and cutting through our worries. Your word, God, has has a grace on it. Your word won't return void. And so, God, I pray in the next few moments, Lord, that your word would have its way in us. Lord, that you would speak to us, spirit unto spirit, deep unto deep. Lord, at the place that we, that we run out, God, would you break through and break in. Lord, would you cover all the places of our shortfalls and shortcomings where we can't comprehend what you desire to do. God, would you speak so clearly through your word, beyond our intellect, beyond our emotions, to the place that we commune with you. Not in spite of, but beyond. And God, I thank you for what you'll do today in and through your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 I, I don't know if you ever had this moment where you, you meet someone, and the interaction, it's new to you. You've not met this person. You don't have a history. You don't have a background with them but they know your relatives. So the way in which they interact with you is not solely based on your interaction. It's actually rooted in something deeper. It's rooting in a deeper relationship. Sometimes we do this with friends. We'll send a text. We introduce someone. Hey, let me introduce you to this person. What we're asking is deal with them in accordance to our relationship, not the immaturity or the newness of the relationship that you have with them. I find it interesting because this is what's happening kind of at a surface level between God and Isaac. Isaac is aware of who his dad is. He is Father Abraham, and he had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Some of you remember that song. You remember singing that, right arm, left arm. That was the jam, guys. If you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you even got a spin in there every now and then. 
You Baptists just kept it right arm, left arm. It's cool. No judgment. No judgment. But, but for us, we, we understand that this relationship is new and it's unfolding. And it's, but it's something that Isaac has to grab hold of. You see, the promise that was made to Abraham is a promise that is to extend beyond him. We talked about this last week, that the blessing that God had over Abraham was to pour into the lives of his descendants and following. But Isaac, at some point, has to grab hold of it. Can you hear me this morning, church? You and I have to grab hold of the promise of God. You and I have to grab hold of the person of God. It's not enough for it to be the God that Hill City talks about. It's not enough for it to be the God that your family members, brother, sister, aunt, fill in the blank, that it's their God. At some point, it has to become your God. It has to become my God. It has to become a relationship that I'm not inheriting by proxy, but that I'm actually embracing in presence. I know that the Lord, he's my God. Isaac moves into this land and he moves into this place. And we, we did this last week and we worked through this scripture and he's blessed. God pours out blessing in his life. The scripture said hundredfold blessing. Come on, remember that last week? We were like stomping our feet, hundredfold blessing. I'm about that. It was a physical blessing. And for us, here's what I know and, and what we tapped into a little bit last week, that there's some of us where we just don't even feel worthy of the blessings of God in our life. And it's hard for us to enter into that space. And I want to be a voice that reminds you. And I want to be a pastor that reminds you time and time again, you are worthy of God's blessing, not because of what you've done, but because of what God's done. I'm grateful that the blessing in my life is not dependent or based on my value or worth. But the blessing that God bestows upon us is because of his faithfulness. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his love. Now, friend, listen to me. If we are only pursuing God for physical blessing, that gets tiresome. Some of you right now need to hear this. God has a spiritual blessing that he desires to deposit in each of your lives. And many of you, this is why you're living lives that feel unfulfilled. You are reaching measures of success in your life, in physical dimensions, physical realms, physical spaces. But you feel bankrupt spiritually. And listen to me, if you're pursuing the hand of God, the blessing of God, just in the physical nature, but you are not at the same time pursuing the blessing of God to well up in your soul like a fountain of living water, you, my friend, will be exhausted and you'll be worn out. I don't care how many vacations you go on. I don't care how many getaways you take. I don't care how many days you sleep in or how many siestas you take during the middle of the day. How many love a good siesta? Can I get an amen? Nothing like a two o'clock nap. Praise God. This afternoon, I'm just letting you guys know, I'm going to nap tough. I'll take a nap so good on Sunday, sometimes I wake up and it's Monday. Hello. You ever get one of those naps? You ever take a nap so good you wake up and you forget where you are? You don't know what time it is. You don't know what century you're living in anymore. I've had naps before. I wake up just thinking I traveled through time. I'm like, where am I? Your physical body, your physical world is not all that God wants to bless. He wants to bless your spiritual life. So this year, we're starting off with this phrase, once again. And listen to me, it's been a prayer that I've been echoing for the past few months. God, once again, pour out your spirit. 
Once again, let the things of old be the things that we experience in new ways and fresh moments. Once again, God, bring me to a place of deep hunger and thirst for righteousness. Once again, God, bring me to a place where I worship in spirit and in truth. Once again, and you, you can begin to fill in the blanks, but God, do it again. We don't want historical moves of God to be all that we can reference. We don't want to talk about what God's doing in past tense. We want it to be right here, right now. Once again, God, comfort your people in the midst of hardship. Once again, God, pour out Pour out blessings so much that we don't got room to receive it. Oh, God, but God, don't let us just seek your hand. Let us know your heart once again. And so there's a part of this passage I, I want to revisit. It's verse number 18, and I, I'll draw your attention to it as we sort of move forward. It's this, it's this cool statement. He says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped up. And so listen to me, when we talk about this re-digging and we talk about this posture of digging things out in our, in our life, I, I want you to hear me. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about us putting forth effort. I, I love the way that Dallas Willard says it. Dallas Willard says that the grace of God in our life and for our life is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. So many of us, the posture that we live in in our life, we're trying to earn the goodness of God in our life, and that effort is false. The energy that needs to be moving, the, the effort in our life should not be to earn God's grace, but it should be to work along and work from God's grace. So it's not opposed to our, our effort, it's opposed to having a posture that we have to earn God's favor or God's blessing in our life. And many of us, if we're honest, we're, we're content to not to not dig, we just want to make wishes. We don't want to dig for the gift of God. It's the first thing I want you to write down today. We dig for the gift of God. Now, in that time, when they would talk about water, there was this sort of phrase that they would use, gift of God, is how they would reference it, that this was a gift from God. Can you imagine living in a place that's dry? Can you imagine how important water is, not just for your survival, but also for other things to flourish? Now, water's a big deal. Water's a big sort of commodity. Water's a big part of life in that time. And so they had this posture that they would, they would honor God as they would receive it. I just wonder what your life would look like if you would have that sort of rhythm whenever there'd be a paycheck deposited in your account. Where you just say, man, God, I just thank you for the gift of God. Now, some of us, we look at that and we go, I just wish there was more. Send more water, Lord. Some of us, though, we're, we're in this place where we're not, even, we're not even grateful for what God's doing in, in that moment because we somehow feel trepidatious with our relationship with God. I just want to say this to you. Man, the gifts that God's depositing into your life, make sure that for you, praise is not difficult. Make sure for you, it is not a hard thing for you to give honor and to give glory to God. But many of us, if we're not careful, we don't want to dig. We want to just make wishes. We want to simply have this sort of posture where in our life where we're asking God to do this thing. We're asking God to pour out his spirit. We're asking God to save us, but we don't want to be renewed. We want God to rescue us from where we are, but we don't want God to put his hands on us to make us new. So in other words, hey, God, get me out of the punishment for my own life and lifestyle. But God, I don't want to make any sort of changes in how I'm living life because that's going to be a little bit more difficult. That's making a wish 
versus actually working for what God desires to do. And you're like, can I just remind us of what James says in the New Testament? It's a powerful word for us. Faith without works is what? Come on, say it strong, church. Dead. So listen to me. If you think your faith is just simply offering a prayer, God, I want you to do it. Do whatever you want. That's making a wish. Some of us pray though, and we're praying like, God, I wish you would do this, and I, I wish you would do that. And I feel like sometimes God leans over the balcony of heaven and he's like, no, no, I wish you would. I wish you would put this kind of energy and effort alongside your desire for me to move in your life. I believe some of us that God has a purpose and a plan and a design for your life, but many of us won't tap into that because we are too scared to pay the price. We're too scared of the discomfort. We're too scared of what it's going to mean. We're, we're too scared to let go of what is familiar. You understand if you've lived in dysfunction for long enough, that you reaching out and grabbing hold of healthy rhythms in your life is going to feel like chaos. And we're, and we're taught to what? Run from chaos. So many of you are, are caught into some really unhealthy cycles and maybe we'll call them sin patterns. And so what you do is rather than break off and hold on to what God's doing, the moment you try to do that feels difficult. That feels toxic. And so what you do, you, you go back into what's familiar. And I'm just saying some of us, if we're honest with the way in which we pray and the way in which we approach God, what we're doing is making wishes rather than partnering along with what God wants to do. I believe God wants to deliver. I believe God wants to save. I believe God wants to do all that. But God also wants to restore. And God also wants to break some things in you. I, I love the posture that Isaac takes. Isaac takes this posture of like, listen, I, I want to I follow the leading of God. Listen to me. You don't have to have it all figured out to start following the Lord. This is so much of, of the scriptures, so much of the story of Abraham, so much of the story of Isaac is that you don't have it all figured out, but you do have figured out the fact of like, I'm going to follow God. I don't know where this is going to lead and I don't know how this is going to end up, but I know I'm following God. So we get to this place and I want us to capture that heart that, that we dig to find the gift of God. Listen to me. Let me just ask you this question. I hope you'll consider this beyond today. Man, where is God asking you and inviting you right now to redig and to dig? And I say redig first is this because I think for some of you, there's some places in your life that were at one point and at one season, they were places of living water flowing in your life. And for whatever reason, they've been stopped up. It's one of the funny parts of this passage when I look at it. The Philistines are so bitter at Abraham. They make this deal. Okay, you can live here, you can dwell in this place, and they act and pretend as if everything is fine. And then when Abraham dies, do you see what happens? They take mud and rocks and sticks and they throw it in the well so that it's stopped up. That's, that's petty. Like, He's dead, and now y'all are breaking down the wells? Yeah, bitterness will do some funny things to you. Unforgiveness will do some funny things to you. And these Philistines are so frustrated, so bitter, so unforgiving towards Abraham and, and the blessing of God in his life, and so, so sort of antagonistic towards that. Even in his death, they're trying to, they're trying to get back at him. So they stop up his wells. 
I want us just to catch this for a second because this to me has been the part of the passage that has really been resonating with me for a while. Before Isaac goes and does something new, he redigs something old. Isaac goes and he redigs his father's wells. And for me, there is just this picture. Isaac knew that there was water there. He just knew there was a lot of junk keeping him from accessing that. Can we invite ourselves into the scripture and just ask ourselves that question? What's the places in our life where water desires to flow, but there's some debris that's getting in the way? And let's just be honest, sometimes debris coming from other people. Now here's the hard word for us. Sometimes we put the debris there. Yeah, sure, sometimes the debris coming because other people don't like you and other people are mad at the gift of God that is in your life and other people are, are antagonistic against the grace of God that is in your life. But there's also some times where we've made decisions and we've done some things and it has blocked the gift of God from flowing in our life. If you're taking notes, the second thing I want you to write down, the second thing I want you to grab hold of is, is simply this, that we dig when it's not easy. I love this about Abraham's story, and I just want to be honest with you. I'm one of those people, I, I, love, I love when people kind of like have a little bit of tenacity in them. I, I, like, I like that I wish you would sort of attitude a little bit. I, I like when like the going gets tough, and then you have people that like run away. And I mean, You remember learning about like fight or flight? Let me just tell you a little bit about your pastor for a second. I'm not built for flight. I'm not built for it. I'm not going to run real fast. I like a good fight. Man, let's get in here. Let's have at it. And this, if it's a war of words, <laughs> I'll get you. I'll cut you quick. His mouth wasn't always saved. Hello. Um, listen to me. I, 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 like, I like that. You, you may not identify with that, but some of you, I, I, know, who my, I know who the sheep are. <laughs> some of y'all, we identify that way. Listen to me. I like what I see in Isaac and, and, and his crew, if you will. There is this posture of, man, we're digging even when it's not easy, even when there is opposition. Now listen to me. Let's be reminded, friends. Jesus' words to us, to his followers, they hated me, so don't be surprised when they hate you. So some of you right now, the opposition that you are feeling and facing in your life, I just want to confirm this for some of you, is the work of the enemy of your soul. Some of you right now, the static that you are feeling in your work environments is the enemy of your soul working in and among the people that you work with. Right now, some of you are like, I knew they were a devil. <laughs> I'm not saying that they are the devil. I'm saying they're behaving devilish. And he's working in among through them. Listen to me, sometimes if we're not careful, the enemy uses us to accomplish what he desires because we're not being sensitive to the Lord. Sometimes we can play a role in, in, in this sort of behavior. So listen to me. I just want us to be aware that some of you are facing that. Now let me give this caveat. If your work ethic is trash, the static that you're feeling on your job isn't the devil, it's actually you. All right, the reason why you're not getting a promotion is because you're always late. The reason why God's blessings are flowing to you in that job may not be because the devil's active. It may be because you are inactive. You're tracking with me. You, you love you. Love you. Love you. I just want us to be real careful. Before we go give the devil credit for everything, let's just check our work ethic. Are you showing up on time? Are you working like good? 
Listen to me, this, this past week I, I attended a, re- a retirement ceremony for a, a member of our congregation. And let me just, let me just say this to you. Mr. Lorene's sitting down here in the front. Boss down here, boss. <laughs> Capital letters. Listen to me. I sat there in that room and I'm listening and I'm, I'm, I'm watching the, the level of people that are in the room and what they're saying about her. And listen to me, we've all been around people that as they were retiring or they were leaving, we said the nice things, but we were like, yo, I'm glad they're leaving. Thank God they're getting out of here. Let me tell you what I heard. Let me tell you what, what ministered to me and blew me away. And listen to me, I'm honoring her in front of us. It's a good thing to do. Now, I, I knew she was a, a beast in the spirit. I knew she'd pray for you. I knew she was about, about that life in church. Let me just tell you, the way in which she conducted her life at work was the way in which her light shined so that other people can see. She reminded me of what it looks like to be salt and light. And I sat there listening to people, and I was like, man, they're really sad she's leaving. They're really going to miss her effort, her work, they're really gonna, and listen to me, there has been difficult days. There's been tough days. And what I love about Miss Lorraine, what I love about what God's inviting us to do is to dig when it's not easy. Man, to dig into the things of God, to dig and produce, to do, produce the well and the fountain of God in a place where it's hard, in a place where there's opposition, in a place where people are talking about you. Talk to a person right after the first service and they're like, man, I work in an environment and everybody's atheists. And everybody seems like they're just coming against me every, every day. And I was like, man, that's a difficult environment. And I was joking with her. I was like, I work in a very similar environment. She was like, what? I was like, just joking. <laughs> I was trying to lighten her mood. I was trying to make her feel better. I know what it's like, you know. But listen, you, you, could, you could feel it and hear it in the tone of her voice. Man, sometimes it's wearisome. Can I be a voice of encouragement to you today? Dig when it's not easy. Dig when it's not easy. Dig out a place for the fountain of life to spring forth in the places that you work, in the places that you dwell. Isaac goes to a new place. They they, they kick him out because the blessing's too strong in his life. He finds a new place and he dwells. Can you hear that word in the scripture? There are sometimes, instead of getting into fights, you need to move on. Because here's the beautiful thing about the blessing of God. Can you, can you receive this today? Beautiful thing about the blessing of God is that the blessing of God was on him in the beginning of the narrative when he shows up and the blessing of God is on him when he moves somewhere else. Here's the beautiful thing about the blessing of God that desires to dwell on your life and in your life is that it doesn't matter what your address is. The blessing of God knows how to find you and it follows you. So Isaac goes to this new place and he's digging these wells. And come on, you experience this. He digs the well. And then what did, what did the Philistines say? They go, hey, that water's ours. That's our water. And instead of fighting them, instead of getting petty, instead of being at their level in that place, here's what he does. All right. And if you look down, if your Bible has footnotes, here's what's funny. If you look at the way in which he names the, the wells, he names them after their behavior, contention, fighting. He's like, all right, guys, we'll see you later. And he goes, and he, he goes to dig again. And he feels that opposition. And here's what he knows. This, may, this, this must not be where God wants me to dwell in and be in because this is not the way in which God operates and acts in my life. So he moves to the next one. And he finds a place where there's no resistance. 
Some of you, you miss out on what God wants to do. It's because the moment there is this sort of resistance, you stop, you give up, you throw in the towel, you fight with Philistines that you are meant to leave behind. And Isaac gets to a place now where there's no resistance. There's no fighting. Here's the third thing I want you to write down. He digs a new well. We dig a new well. So listen to me. The beautiful thing is this, is yes, there needs to be moments where we are asking the question, God, what from the place historic do you want me to tap into? Listen to a way that I've been praying this recently. God, what's the ancient future you have for us? What's the future that taps into the move into the ways of God that are historical? And what is the way in which we express that in a way that is fresh for here and for now? Uh, Jeremiah prays a very similar prayer. He says, show me the ancient paths. Show me the ways in which you desire to lead and you desire to guide. I I want us to get into habits and places where we redig some things. Some of you need to hear this because you have a heritage where you are raised in the ways of God. And listen to me, you need to hear this this morning. You need to ask yourself, what wells were dug before you that you need to redig again? Some of you need to redig the well of getting into God's word. Some of you need to redig the well of prayer. You need to redig the well of fasting, what we just practiced this last week. Some of you need to redig some of these wells where you learn to depend on God no matter what. And some of you that are in the room where you say, Charlie, I don't have a heritage of faith. I'm like, I'm ground zero. And listen to me, friend. Ask yourselves this question. What wells are you digging right now that are worth future generations redigging? What are you doing right now that is worth the people that follow you, coming behind you and going, oh, they tapped into something and there was a move of God. They did something here and God was springing forth life in their mix. How do I get a hold of that? Beautiful thing about a church like ours is there are people in this room that you have served God for longer than other people in this room have been alive. That's amazing. Listen to me, young person. Find somebody. Find them in a city group. Find them at the end of service. Have a real awkward first conversation because it might lead to a real good second conversation. Are you tracking with me? That first conversation might sound like, hey, I know this sounds funny, but it seems like you've been following God for a long time, and can I I buy you coffee and ask you questions? I can't imagine somebody in church is going to tell you no, especially after a sermon like this. Are you trying with me? Like, we're chumming the waters here, guys. Just get ready for it. Like, do you see what I'm saying? But many of you, you're not careful. You'll come here week in and week out. And you're robbed. You're robbed of that. I'm gonna put Miss Lorene on. Um, I'm gonna put her on blast here, just a little bit further. There are some of you in the room where God is God is challenging you and stirring you. When we say things like being salt and light, and we say things like being a city on a hill, and you're wondering what does that look like? How could you do that in, in your in your government job? How 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 can you do that? Listen to me. You need to find her and you need to come sit alongside her. I'm gonna make her lead a city group. Just on this. Listen to me. I've heard the testimonies. I've heard the testimonies. And I'm just saying to you, she's got the goods in that area. And I know there's others among us. And I'm going to find you. And I'm going to populate your calendar with people. 
Listen to me, because this is what it's about. And how do we dig new wells? How do we dig new wells? How do we find the places of wide open space? And how do we hear the whisper of the Lord that says right here, dig, dig again, dig. And see that I won't bring the gift of God to you. See that I won't pour out blessing, not just in your physical life, but see that I'll pour out blessing on the interior part of your life that blows you away. Friends, I, I don't know about you, but I want that. I don't want my references of God to be historical. I want when I talk about what God's doing, it is here and now and it is among us, but it echoes not a God that we've never heard of, but it echoes a God who is called the Ancient of Days.